On today's Lockdown Royals podcast, the MLB trade rumors are eating up. Plus, the Royals win their first series after the All-Star break and so far have been able to keep their plans under wrap for the trade deadline, but more teams are getting interested in Andrew Benatendi. How can that all impact the Royals coming up? The Lockdown Royals podcast on Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked On Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Royals podcast and on Locked On Podcast Network. It is your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Royals. Email the show, LockedOnRoyals at gmail.com. Thank you for making Locked On Royals your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you. Talking Royals baseball, we are free and available across all podcasting platforms, wherever you get your podcasts from. We're here for you, Talking Royals baseball, and right now we are deep into trade rumor season. Where will Andrew Benatendi go? What moves can the Royals make around the deadline to improve their future? And what teams are buying and what teams are selling. Plus, it was a very fun first series back from the All-Star break. So a lot to get into. Yesterday, we previewed the entire trade deadline for the Royals. Talking about landing spots and possible returns for Andrew Benatendi. We talked about what players might get moved for Kansas City in this deadline, like Michael A. Taylor like Whit Merrifield. And now it's just time to simply wait until we start to hear where things are headed. With Andrew Benatendi right now, that is the biggest domino to fall. And depending on how you view these things, it's the only domino to fall. Andrew Benatendi is going to bring back the biggest return on the trade market for Kansas City. Those pieces you get in the Andrew Benatendi trade will hopefully have a lasting impact on the organization, hopefully be able to accommodate what Merrifield and these young players and get this organization back to where they want to go in a couple of seasons and back to the postseason. That's the biggest goal. Because I know it sounds crazy, but 2015 is a long time ago. The Royals have not been back to the postseason since. And you want to know how you have 30-year playoff droughts that you had to snap back in 2014? You have seven, eight, nine-year playoff droughts. Then things start to snowball. Then you start to press. You move backwards in a rebuild, have to restart. That kicks the can on the road five more years. So you don't want to fall into that same trap. And really, you want to try to make this version of the Royals better then that version, which is, again, crazy. He went to two World Series. But I think that in baseball especially, given the fluky nature of it, 
I mean, we all watched every pitch of that World Series run in both seasons. It could have ended in the wild card round in 2014, and it could have ended in every single round in 2015. In fact, if you look around those other organizations' fan bases, the Blue Jays fan base thinks they should have beat you. The Astros fan base certainly thinks they should have beat you. And the Mets fan base is just, even though it was a you know five-gamer, they are still just kicking themselves for a couple of mistakes. You know, if that Gordon home run never happens, if the Mad Dash home never happens, how does that change the intensity, the tone in the whole series as a whole? So that being said, with how fluky that the postseason is, you don't want to look for a playoff appearance. You want to look for a playoff arrival in baseball. Because baseball, like no other sport, has the longest regular season. It plays every single day. Like There's, there's hardly ever off days. And it's a, an experience that there's value in. There's value in the comfort. There's value in the camaraderie. There's value in the consistency of baseball. It's there for you every single night. And while we love watching the Chiefs win Super Bowls, I love watching the NBA. There's nothing like a good baseball summer. When you're in the mix, when you're contending, when you're in the playoff chase, and night in and night out, it feels important. And to put it blank, you know, to put it blunt, that feeling has not happened since 2016 for Kansas City, past May 1st. So you want to get back to that. And so whenever I say build this core better, I'm personally not going to put the pressure of going to two World Series on this next core. But I am going to put the pressure of more than two playoff appearances on this next core. Because now you have a Bobby Witt Jr., which for as great as that past core was with Eric Hosmer, Mike Moustakis, Lorenzo Cain, and no disrespect to Salvador Perez or Danny Duffy or anyone else in that core, there was no Bobby Witt Jr. There was no transcendent star who could be the face of baseball. That was the last true team. That was the last true just gut your way out and every piece fits together. Nobody's a superstar. You don't have Hall of Famers one through nine in your lineup. In fact, you probably don't have a single Hall of Famer besides maybe Salvador Perez in the, on that roster. But yet it worked for two straight pennants in a World Series win because things just fit. And there's a ton of value in that, and that was a ton of fun to steal the hearts of America. But all that to say, that team didn't have a Bobby Witt Jr. So I expect Bobby Witt Jr. and this core, and it's not all on BWJ, but I expect it to get to the point where they're in the playoffs for three straight years, four straight years, five straight years. Because it should be easier to build a team around Bobby Witt Jr., I think is better than any player on that on that roster. MJ Melendez could be special. One of Vinny or Nick Prado or both could be special. So you want to fill in this roster as quickly as possible and make a playoff arrival versus a playoff appearance. And that is what I think is at stake. Because as the roster is currently constructed, you have to take a full-fledged step back. You have to restart this rebuild from the ground up with a handful of players in mind. 
So something like the trade deadline, something like next Tuesday, and something like trading in Jupiter Tindy, it can accelerate that, especially now with the resources you have, not only the superstar player in Bobby Witt Jr., but you have more playoff spots than ever, and you have currently the weakest division in baseball. Go capitalize. Go capitalize. And they're playing better baseball in the last month. They're playing above 500 in, in, in July. But they do this every year, right? They, they start terrible, they bury themselves, and then they play great in September, and we get excited and do this all over again. What I want you to focus on is the return for Andrew Benatendi. That's the biggest domino to fall because that's the domino that could change the course of this franchise. And I know it sounds like a defeatist attitude, but to me, the goal in baseball shouldn't be to win a World Series because you can construct the best roster we've ever seen and get bounced in the first round because that's baseball. That's baseball. Now, in the NBA, to me, for example, the goal should always be to build a team that can win a championship because in the NBA, we see far less upsets. One or two guys can truly carry you to the promised land, and it's a whole different ballgame. Football sees their fair share of upsets, but typically the best two teams are there or the best, you know, or the top three teams are there at the end of the year, whatever the case is. But baseball and hockey, those are two sports where you're just happy if you can build a consistent playoff contender because you feel like if you're in the playoffs consistently, then you're going to eventually break through because the odds have to eventually bounce your way. The ball or puck has to bounce your way in those two sports. So that's why this deadline is so huge. It's not just selling off pieces. It's it's recalibrating this rebuild and getting them back on the right track. So coming up, we'll talk about who the latest contenders are for Andrew Benatendi. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at BlueNow.com. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNow.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as uh, uh, setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers have handcrafted perfect engagement rings. Each ring is one of a kind. Looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing? Well, Blue Nile has a jeweler expert on hand 24-7, available via phone or live chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. I want to tell you right now that you can make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and go now to Blue Nile for the anniversary sale. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement rings. Plus, every order is insured, it ships for free, and arrives in a discreet package that will not give away what's inside. So shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. We are back on the Locked On Royals podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Royals. Email the show, LockdownRoyals at gmail.com. Subscribe to the show for free on YouTube or wherever else you get your podcasts from. And if you're on YouTube, drop us a comment. If you're on a podcasting platform, drop us a five-star rating if you don't mind. And let's talk now about this trade deadline. So it appears that the Yankees are 
one of, if not the most serious contender for Andrew Benatendi, but they still have a lot of balls in the air. And that's where I find this deadline very interesting. How much of what we're hearing right now is fact or fiction? What I mean by that is it sounds strange given the fact that we are, you know, only a week away or six days away, six days away from the deadline. It, it sounds weird to say this, but we're still very early in this process. So right now you're waiting on concrete rumors and you're hearing murmurs of other things. So what I mean by that is with the Yankees, they're in on Juan Soto. Well, is Juan Soto truly available or is he not truly available? There's, there's reports from the athletic uh, about the angels taking calls on Shohei Otani. John Heyman, you know, tweets out that the Marlins are listening on jazz Chisholm and everyone not, not, not named Sandy Alcantara. Like, there are so many high-profile names out there on the marketplace right now that it's really great for clicks. It's really great for interaction. It's really great for um, excitement and for rumors and for hypotheticals. But the bottom line is, unless we're about to see something historic happen and a historic trade that we're never going to forget, not every one of those stars, Brian Reynolds and Shohei Otani and Juan Soto, not every single one of those stars, Jazz Chisholm, are going to be traded. Some of those rumors are fake, or some of those rumors spun from, hey, we called that Juan Soto. They said they want our top, every single one of our top 10 prospects. We said no, hung up the phone, that's it. But technically, we did talk about Juan Soto in a trade, technically. like So, so figuring out how those star things are, those stars' trade requests are going and, and trade rumors are going will impact the injury attendee market. Because if the Yankees can get Brian Reynolds or can get Juan Soto, A, that takes them out of the running for Benatendi. But also, you know, they're going to do that. The, those guys are are simply better than Benatendi, better options than Benatendi, which is no shame to Benatendi. You know, Juan Soto is one of the best players in the sport. You know, he's one of the top 10 players in the sport. You know, so we'll, we'll see kind of when that dies down, either – you know, dies down or heats up. Like either we find out in the next two days that Juan Soto is for sure getting traded, or we find out, hey, you know, they tested the waters, but that's off the table. And then teams really start to focus on Benatendi because I, I really struggle to find a better outfield option than Benatendi out there. Now, again, if Soto's available, if Brian Ro- if Brian Reynolds is available, then that changes. Uh, so just f- playing fact or fiction right now is difficult, even though we're only six days away, but you still have to try to do it. Uh, so for with Benatendi, again, Yankees most serious, it feels like. However, the Braves have now shifted their sights a little bit um, to Benatendi as well. And it makes sense to me. Like, it makes sense to me why teams would go for Benatendi who are contending because we read off his playoff numbers last uh, episode yesterday. Um, he he competed well in the playoffs. He played well in the playoffs, won a World Series with the, with the Red Sox. He's having one of his better years. All signs point to Benatendi being a valuable piece for you at the plate in the playoffs. And also, he won a gold glove last year. He's still playing really good defense. Like, he can do all of these things that you want for, uh, you know, for the future. Now, I don't think that Zach Grinke will get traded. Uh, but one name on the trading block who I still am interested in is Whit Merrifield. Because, to me, it's a big three of Benatendi, Michael A. Taylor, Whit Merrifield. And to me, a, a Michael A. Taylor trade comes out of nowhere. Like, I don't think that there's going to be a ton of rumors about Michael A. Taylor leading up to Tuesday. I think that we're trying to find out on Tuesday where he's going, if he gets if he gets dealt. 
I don't think there's gonna be a lot of smoke around that. But with Whit Merrifield, it's not a no-brainer in either direction. And that's the hardest decision to make if you're dating more. That's the hardest decision to make in life. Whenever there's no right answer that's staring you in the face, you've got to try to sift through what's the lesser of two evils, so to say. Because if you trade Whit Merrifield now, you're trading him at an all-time low event, like all-time low value. He's having his worst you know, year in his career by far in every statistical category in, in, in including defensive statistical, statistical categories. He's having his worst years of his career. So you're selling him at an all-time low and you wonder, could he bounce back next year? Could he fetch you more value next year? But there also seems to be an awkwardness, a discontent with wit and the organization and the fan base. How do you balance that as well? Do you at this point just want to go your separate ways there are a lot of things at stake with what Merrifield that I think will be interesting. And how do te- how do other teams value him? Because you can either say, hey, this is a slump, and this season got off to a very slow start, and he's playing for a team in dead last for most of the year. So maybe, just maybe, they'll, you know, they'll rejuvenize him by putting him on a contender. Or they might look at him and say, hey, he's a 30-plus-year-old player that is having a clear year. These are clear signs of aggression. So what are the best spots for Whit Merrifield? I want to dive into that. We did this yesterday for Ben Attendee. Let's do this today for Whit Merrifield coming up. But first, I want to say right now, we're good friends over at Sport Card Investors. Now, this is my favorite app on my phone right now because I never truly got into sport cards as a kid. Um, so coming into it as an adult, it became more popular than it was whenever I was a kid. Like I feel like the popularity right now for sport cards is as high as it's been since, you know, the 80s or the 70s, something like that. So for me, why I love Sport Card Investor is since I didn't get into it until recently, like last month, I'm not quite sure what all these banners mean, what all these relics mean, what, what prisms are. Like I'm not so sure what, what makes each card so valuable or what makes each card so important. And what Sports Card Investor does, you go onto your app and let's look at Patrick Mahomes. You know, the football season is, is it going to be upon us? They reported to camp today. Patrick Mahomes, his 2021 Disco Prism card, number 190, it's up 154% over the last seven days. It is shooting up the, the marketplace. Now, we talked about Manfred having an all-time low value on the trade market. Let's see what he is on the uh, card market. On the card market, he's down... 16.7% in the last month. 22% in the last month on this top heritage card. So each card that's on the marketplace is trending downward in, in price value. So if you think that Wit will bounce back and eventually turn his career back around, you can buy in right now on a PSA 10 card, the best you can get, um, and get in you know cheaper than ever on this card. So it does a great job of breaking down what you should be looking for and, and what you should be kind of investing in if you want to go the investing route. And here's another thing. Since I, again, did not get into cards early on, if I go buy a pack of cards right now and rip it open, I can then go see how excited I should be about these certain cards. How excited should I be about this pull, especially in baseball with all the different prospect cards you can buy and stuff like that. So check it out today. Sport Card Investor. Do it right now. Uh, download the app Sport Card Investor today on your app store. Google Play Store, go right now, sportcardinvestor.com uh, slash locked on as well if you want to do it that way. Check them out today, Sport Card Investor.
We are back on the Locked On Royals podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Royals. For your next listen, check out Locked On MLB. Locked On MLB will have the national perspective on all of this trade deadline stuff. Now, Whit Merrifield, tough call. To me, I would trade him. To me, I, I would trade him in understanding I'm going to get the less value than I've ever, I ever would have gotten. But I do think after the fiasco that happened last week, it is time for a clean break between Whit Merrifield and this organization. It's best for both parties involved. You move on from what seems to be a bad clubhouse leader, and he moves on from what he seems to be a, a, an environment he doesn't want to be in. And he gets to be a contender for the first time in his career. He gets to kind of play out the back end of his prime, back end of his playing career on a contending team and, and win baseball games for once. So I just think it's best for both parties involved to just get this over with. Uh, now, some fits for him is interesting because technically speaking, he can play almost any position, right? I mean, he could play first if you need him to. He could play third. He could play short. He could play second. He could play outfield. But obviously, you feel most most comfortable with him playing second and outfield. Uh, every outfield spot is a luxury as well. Uh, so teams like the Mariners, White Sox, even the Dodgers could have some interest because you know they're all dealing with some sort of injury throughout this process. I'd be interested to see what the Giants want to do because they've made some deals that have depleted their outfield depth a little bit, at least to me. So maybe they could be a fit as well. Uh, and then uh, the, the the beautiful thing is, even as even as we mention how bad his value is on the field this year, if you can talk a GM into, hey, you know, this is just a mental thing. Like once you re-energize him by being on a contender, he's going to turn it around and he can play all these positions for you, that is a lot of value to have that insurance. I mean, look at Ben Zobrist. Now, again, Ben Zobrist had a much better year than what Merrifield's having right now for Kansas City. But Ben Zobrist was able to come in, was supposed to fill that need for second base. Gordon gets hurt right after the deadline. He's able to fill that need in the outfield and is able to help propel you into the playoffs and then go back to his position and then help you win a World Series, get get a World Series ring, Go to Chicago the next offseason, do the exact same thing when, when World Series MVP. So, like, there is value in the multiple positions. There is inherent value in that, even if his statistical, statistical categories are at a career low right now. So what do you think about what Merrifield getting traded? Would you trade him? Would you keep him and try to recoup some value next year? Where are you at with Merrifield? Let me know in the comment section down below or on Twitter. Until then, be good and be good to one another.